In this episode, I discuss similes and their relevance to your process of getting unstuck. I think this is a really important one for all of you stuck nuts out there. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist that thinks the world needs a new paradigm for mental health. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. But uh, before I get into things, uh, please do put yourself first. I keep everything episode safe as I can, but just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff come up. So take a break if you need to. I don't think this one in particular should be triggering as far as I can tell, but you know yourself best. So put yourself first. This podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. The topic here is simile. So first off, you have listened to an episode, hopefully last week, called Metaphor, and you listened to an episode about metaphors. This is not the coolest topic. (laughs) Metaphor and simile are not the coolest topics, right? But you listened last week, you're here this week, I appreciate you. I mean, to listen to podcast named metaphor and simile you're in this you're in deep like you're you're a true stuck nut so thank you for being here with me let's get on with simile so metaphors last time we said are saying something that saying something is another thing not literally but it's kind of like an example so there's a child part in me to describe an internal sensation or a feeling we're saying that there is this thing inside of us similes are similar but they're also different in the sense that they use words like well like and as so similes say something is like another thing to describe something so for example you were as brave as a lion the word as is is really important there they fought like cats and dogs the word like the word as indicates is a simile we're comparing it to something else rather than saying it is something else. That's really what it comes down to is the word like or the word as. I feel like a child or I feel as happy as a child. That's what a simile is. Similes, in my opinion, IMO, are absolutely essential for change. Simile is a way of communicating, communicating, to the self and potentially to somebody else, probably to somebody else. It gets us a step closer to the experience, the true experience of the person, either yourself or maybe someone you're listening to if you're a therapist. Similes are extremely important. They're very, very helpful. Metaphors got us a step closer also, but I think metaphors were more this top-down approach to reduce the intensity of like a defensive state. Having that top-down, I am this thing, or, or there is a child part in me. It helps to contain the defensive energy or the defensive state. Simile is, I think, a step even closer. It's directly attempting to express what it's like to feel the way you feel, to feel the defensive state, rather than reframing it it's directly attempting to explain or to describe it which means you have to feel it like you really got to be in there feeling it so metaphors were good for top-down compartmentalizing similes are good for describing and noticing what pops into your mind as these things pop into your mind so as you feel these 
sensations that come along with uh, whatever polyvagal state that you're in, whether you're shifting up or down the polyvagal ladder or just kind of staying with the defensive energy or even the safety state, but whatever state you're in or going to or coming from, similes can be helpful. So a shutdown sensation, which can often be felt in the stomach, can be described to be like a deep hole. So we can take that simile of it being like a deep hole and then further describe it as emptiness or feeling hollow. The, these words are more directly connected to the true and felt direct experience, sensations that that person's having in that moment. So it's like a deep hole. And so it's like, well, what's a, what's a deep hole like? Well, it's empty. It's, it's hollow. It's unending. It feels helpless, maybe. Hopeless. It feels alone. So you can take it further. Similes will naturally occur during these somatic polyvagal state shifts. When you feel these sensations, a simile will probably come along with it. I, at least that's what I'm finding when it comes to my own work or my time with my clients in therapy. You already know about the concept of story follow state. If not, head back to episode 101 through 109. Somewhere in there I talk about story follow state. But I've also got stuff on justinlmft.com, more resources about that. But basically, our thoughts follow whatever state that we're in, whatever polyvagal state that we're in. Not only do our thoughts shift, but the, the, our conscious thoughts are attempting to explain what's happening within us. And I think a simile is a really good direct connection to that story follow state. So the mind is feeling or your conscious self is feeling whatever it, you know, state you're in. And then your mind, your conscious mind is, is relating it to something else, trying to make sense of it or anticipate or explain in relation to something else that it's already experienced. We don't want to force this. If you just really are mindfully aware of what's happening, what's popping into your consciousness, there might be images, there might be maybe explanations, maybe past stuff that comes up. But when you really focus on the sensation itself, there might be a simile that comes along with it. I had this uh, fairly deep, actually, really, I would say really deep meditation I went into. And I was able to feel into some stuck defensive energy. I would say it probably had a flavor, a feeling of um, there was like disgust in there. But the state itself was probably more shut down. And I felt that sympathetic surge come up within me. And as it did, and as it discharged, I was laying flat on my back. It was pretty early in the morning. I, was, I remember laying flat on my back in bed. And I felt this tingling on my chest, belly kind of area, more like a skin level. And so I felt this tingly, this pulsing, these waves. And in my mind, it created this simile it created an image to go along with it. And the image that it came up with to explain what was happening within me was uh, fireworks popping off and lot, many, many, many fireworks. They had numerous different colors. Now there's not actually fireworks going off you know, within me. I am not actually a firework, but me utilizing the image of all the different colors and 
all the different popping, like thousands of different fireworks popping, that might help to convey to you what the sensation was like. And you know how when you when fireworks pop, there's also that like kind of thing that that happens afterward. Like it's not just the pop; it's also like this like where the where the uh, firework um, what do you call them? Firework droppings <laughs> fall down. <laughs> The uh, sparks or whatever they are, they kind of like rain down afterwards. And it, it was that kind of sensation. There was that image and those sounds of fireworks and the colors. It just made sense for what I was going through. And it felt like it was this very cellular level, thousands of pinpoints all over my skin. And the fireworks just kind of worked for me. The, as a simile, I was saying it was like this. It was like a thousand fireworks going off. Some other examples, if you, you know, were to feel the sensation of being in a shutdown state, let's go back to that. A simile would be that it feels like a void, or it feels like you're walking through fog, or it feels like floating over your body, maybe, when you have that disconnected, dissociative kind of feel to it. And for flight fight, it might feel like you're being chased. It might feel like you're being crushed, maybe, the pressure, the the stress of it. You may feel like time is going to run out. You may feel like you're being watched. You may feel like there's fire or lava in your chest. And then we can take that to another level. And that's what I do as a therapist is when my clients say, well, I feel like I have this, you know, fire in my chest maybe. And then I can say, well, what does that feel like? We can take it to the next level to get even more closer and into that direct experience. So the simile is a really good step toward the direct experience. So what does it feel like to have lava in your chest? And someone might describe it as, well, hot, obviously, right? It might be fluid or gooey kind of sensation where it's slow and thick, but it's very, very hot. Or maybe it is more of a rapid flowing lava from a a volcano kind of thing. It might feel like it's out of control. It might feel like in my chest there's heat, but it's also emanating outward. And so we could take that even further and say, well, where do you feel it? If we didn't know it was in the chest, maybe someone just says, you know, I feel it. Or maybe they feel it in their chest, but we get even more particular, even more specific, and identify where in the chest, in my heart, over my heart. Uh, we can describe the boundaries of where the heat begins and ends, where it's most intense and where it emanates out of there or out, out of the central spot. We can describe what's happening outside of the boundaries of the heat. We could describe what's the color uh, of the lava or of the fire. I had a session recently where um, a teenage student was saying that she felt this sort of like fire in her chest. And, we, and I said, well, what color is it and how intense is it? And she said, it's blue. Like it's really intense. It's blue. So the simile of saying it's like a fire got us closer to directly experiencing it. And then further questioning and further noticing and further sitting with it allow that person to to develop that image more and to really notice what's happening within them, to feel it and to be with it enough to be able to further describe it. And their mind is giving them these little clues as to what it's like, or not clues, but uh, words or, or um, adjectives to describe what, what they're going through. These questions are prompts to notice things that maybe you otherwise wouldn't. It's very easy to stay in the feelings, if you could even get that far. 
these these prompts that I'm bringing up about temperature and intensity and boundaries of it, textures, colors. This is new language, it's new concepts to describe the somatic sensations that we're going through. Peter Levine does a great job with these. I highly recommend his books, um, Somatic Experiencing. He, he talks a lot about this kind of stuff. And it's really helpful to to begin to describe what someone's going through and notice it without being judgmental and just to feel it and say, well, yeah, where is that fire? And what color is it? You know, what, what does it feel like? How intense is it? How long does it want to stay around for? This could be, it could be really difficult though. It could be really difficult to feel defensive, st- stuck defensive states. The sympathetic flight fight energy can be a lot. And having the words to describe what's happening within you is, can be really helpful to help you stay with it in a very curious way. So Peter Levine is fantastic when it comes to these somatic pieces of getting unstuck. Dr. Porges, as you know, created polyvagal theory and he has lots of lectures and whatnot. I have my first webinar coming up. It's called Polyvagal 101. If you like what I'm doing here on the podcast, just through audio, I think you'll really like the webinar. I think you'll really like what I can do when it comes to video. It's uh, multimedia. So we have audio, we have images, we have video, there's slides, there's lecture, there's, it's interactive. It's going to be a really good time. I hope you are interested in coming. I hope that you can make it. It's on October 16th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And if you can't even, if you can't make it, you can definitely buy a ticket and get access to it later on. Plus get access to a Polyvagal 101 group where other attendees can come and discuss and share resources, discuss, um, you know, what they've learned or whatever comes up. It's not a therapy group. Got to point that out. But even if you can't make it that day and you want to, you know, get a, get access to it later on, I'm going to record it. I'll edit it and I'll have it for sale on my website as well. So I would really recommend the live version. There's opportunities for Q and a there and it's a fun experience. I really enjoy doing these live presentations about polyvagal theory. It's, you know, how polyvagal theory can be very dry and academic and uh, triggering to be honest. But you know, hopefully you know by now that I can deliver this stuff in a way that's interesting, sometimes entertaining, even through audio. I think you'll uh, get your socks knocked off um, if you check out the webinar, either live or after the fact. Either way, it's a good time. Although live is much better in my opinion. So it's it's so important to be understood, right? It's, that feels good, right? That just feels good, but we kind of need it. We need connection. And when we're feeling understood, we feel connected, right? So it's super important. So important to not feel alone. Aloneness is a consistent, predictable theme in therapy that my clients are either literally alone or emotionally alone. That's very common. And, you know, simply sharing your feelings can help. Saying, I feel happy, I feel sad, I feel disappointed, whatever the feelings are, sharing those with a friend can help. You can receive validation. You can receive normalization based on whatever the context is that you're, you know, feeling these things in. But having those similes I think it helped to connect on an even deeper level with somebody else, like a therapist, perhaps. And we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just kind of frame this in the context of therapy or coaching or other professional uh, helpers and listeners. So you're not just getting empathy from a therapist, right? You're not just getting the, the therapist like understanding, but you're getting a more accurate description to the therapist. You're giving them a more concrete, this is what it's like for me. 
Because if, as a therapist, if someone tells me they're sad, I have my version of sad. And I can empathize based on what they're saying and what I'm seeing. But when they can really describe their sadness, and it's like, oh, that's what it's like for you. It's different than maybe what it's like for me. Or whatever first came into my mind and in my body does not accurately match what you're describing. So when these similes come up and how they further connect to sensations, it can be, for me as a a therapist, much more enlightening. And I think for the client on their end, it can bring more clarity, not just insight, but clarity and curiosity and non-judgment and just sort of being with how they feel. So empathy, we kind of leave it up to chance. So like hopefully that person understands and feels what I feel. But that's going to go through their own interpretations based on their own history of that feeling or that lack of feeling. But using a simile gives a very clear and concrete description, even with a metaphor. Like even with, if I say I have a child part in me to a therapist, their child part, if they identify that way or, or, or feel something similar, might not feel like my child part, right? Their child part may have had an awesome childhood. <laughs> so their child part may be reminiscent and feel like Saturday morning cartoons, which I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but it used to be. Whereas for my child part or whatever the client's child part is, it might be a, full lot of, you know, a lot of pain and shame. So saying I have this child part as a metaphor is a, a step closer. It's a way to help the client compartmentalize and and uh, reframe, but it doesn't quite get close enough to describing what it's like for them to be them versus a simile, which I think does. Say, uh, saying a child part to me can mean a lot of things. The experience of that can mean a lot of things. But saying that I have fire in my chest or my chest feels like it's on fire. Uh, no matter what part that is, that's a true and direct feeling and experience that the person's having. Mammals, in general, we do better with connection. We need it. And I think similes are a really good way to, to build on that. So in therapy, the way this can look is, just to build a little bit more on this before we wrap it up here, similes often come from me asking my client what they're feeling emotionally. Usually we start off just emotionally. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Maybe at the at the beginning of a session. But Maybe they're bringing up an event and they're talking about the thing they went through. And I can ask, well, how'd you feel about that? And I mean, emotionally, how'd you feel about that? And then to build on that, I can say, well, where where did that emotion live within you either in that moment or in my opinion, more importantly, right now, as you share the story right now, where's that emotion living within you? And then if they can identify that, then we can start to say, well, what does it feel like to feel that emotion? What is it? What do those sensations feel like? So if their story, they come in with, let's say the theme is, or their story is, my parents don't appreciate me. I do everything for them. They don't appreciate me. Okay, well, how does that feel? I would ask them, right? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about not being appreciated? I feel angry about not being appreciated. That's the emotion, right? I feel angry. And then a step further would be, well, where do you feel that anger? I feel it in my chest and I feel it in my hands. And then to describe it further, what does that feel like? What does it feel like to have anger in your chest? Can you describe it further? And they might say, well, it feels like there's a fire in my chest and my hands feel like rocks. And then describe it even further. So that's the simile. It feels like there's a fire. It feels like there's a fire in my chest. 
my chest feels like a fire. My hands feel like rocks. Or my chest is as hot as a fire. My, my hands tense up as hard as rocks. Those are similes. But they can then take that further and say the fire's blue. It's, it's burning intensely in my heart. And I can feel expanding up into my throat. My hands are stones like, like jagged rocks, but they can be easily broken. So it's just describing further and further and further as they feel and be with the sensations in their chest or the tense fight energy maybe in their hands and their forearms. We can, they can describe it further and further and further. And, and it's not just words, but these are words that come from actually feeling through, from curiosity, feeling that energy in their system, that level of mobilization or immobilization or social engagement. So when we, when we actually feel it and be with it without judging and just being with it and, and being curious, like, what is it like for me to be in this state? Then those similes pop into our mind as ways to say, well, this is what I'm feeling. And I've been through something like this before. And it's like this, it's like jagged rocks. It's like a blue fire that burns really hot. It's like that. And so the, the mind is explaining it. And then if you can share it out loud to someone like a therapist, then you get that connection. Then you get somebody who's saying, oh, I understand. And that makes sense to me. Or, oh, is it? And then they could actually add some other similes or other adjectives into the mix to help you refine what it's like to feel like you in that moment and to get really mindfully in touch with yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this. Again, you've listened to an episode about similes and metaphor or two episodes about similes and metaphors now that's like that's pretty hardcore stuff if you're listening this deep please message me i want to know who you are because you're my people like i mean if we're talking about polyvagal theory and we're talking about similes and metaphors and you're still around i would like to hear from you just email me justinlmft at gmail.com and if you like this i really think you'll like my webinar either live or after the fact and you can find out more about that on justinlmft.com. It's pretty obvious it's in the webinar tab or justinlmft.com slash webinar. So I do hope you've learned something new to help you in your own process of getting unstuck and you know feeling what it feels like to be you and being able to describe it. Share this with somebody if you don't mind. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you're experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.